When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Running, chinking, bouncing. He goes for the distance with the left again. Can't he get some distance with the left? Oh, he's It's a very crowded forward line. It should suit Collingwood. Oh. He's gone the roost. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Michael Voss. <laughs> Swallow. McKenzie can kick it a long way. <laughs> Throws it on the boot. A hero needed. Almost Brennan. Ten seconds to go. Matera. Matera. Hooks it back. Carmichael. It comes to Carmichael. Oh, no. Is he the hero that the Suns believe he is? Oh, great memories there. We start tonight with our Behind the Binoculars segment where we talk to some of the great sports commentators and broadcasters. And given that we're celebrating and embracing the concept of Queensland serving as the home of footy this season, I thought it would be appropriate to have a chat with a commentator who has a voice synonymous with matches up there in the Sunshine State, although he forged a reputation as an excitable narrator in terms of footy commentary right around the country for the past two decades on our screens. He was also an integral player at the Bears as footy made its first foray into the Sunshine State in the late 1980s. I speak of Matty Campbell, and he's been good enough to give up his time here on SEN. Thanks for your time, Matty. Oh, thank you very much for that kind intro, uh, Damon. Lovely to talk to you. So, uh, yeah, it's funny when you hear highlights like that, you go, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because, uh, yeah, it it immediately brings back instant memories. we spoke to Bill McDonald on this program last week and he said he was proud to see the Brisbane progression from the early days as a Bears to now where the Lions are in premiership contention once again. You've had a significant involvement as a player and a commentator up there. Do you look on with a sense of pride and see how far the presence has come of footy over there in the Sunshine State in the last 25 to 30 years? Yeah, and I think I do. And, and Bill's perfectly uh, positioned to do that, having been there right at the start as well, working for in the media and... Uh, he followed it very closely right through, and I, I think from a from a, a player who, who then turned into a commentator. From my point of view, um, I think the it's great to see them still going well, and they've got those three premierships. But when the siren sounded, when they won that first premiership, and um, and, and Brisbane had had won the flag, defeating Essendon at the MCG, and I was I was down on the boundary work of the Channel Seven that day, and I thought, well, that's it, that's the full stop. I mean, that journey is complete. Whatever happens from here on in is fantastic. And as you know, they were a wonderful side. They won three uh, and didn't quite get the fourth in a row. But, uh, yeah, I think the full stop was when that siren sounded and that won that premiership. But after some pretty tough early days. We're, speak- yeah. we're speaking with Matty Campbell here on SEN. 433 off the text if you want to ask him a question. Uh, you played for the Brisbane Bears in their inaugural season. We'll get to the commentary in a moment. But as far as your playing career is concerned, you came across from Adelaide and moved up to Brisbane. Tell us about the Carrara experience on the Gold Coast and how different the venue was back in those early days compared to the current era. 
Yes, it's a chalk and cheese, isn't it? I mean, it was, a, it was a, an interesting decision to, to go to Carrara. In fact, as we know now, and, and we thought at the time it was the wrong one. I mean, the, the playing surface was terrific. Um, it was a, a huge oval and it was perfect, but uh, there was no facilities to really go with it in, in comparison to what other AFL clubs had. I mean, we were uh, getting changed in ATCO huts and uh, <laughs> warming up before the game in ATCO huts and, and you'd, you'd jump up and down and do some running on the spot and whatever and people out in the ground were going, what the hell is that noise? And it's just the players warming up in an ATCO hut. So, and it did take a long time before they um, pulled their finger out as far as uh, getting back to the Gabba, which was a, a decision that was the right one. And Andrew Ireland had a lot to do with that and uh, he must take credit for that. And once they got back to the Gabba, uh, things started to work from there and they started to develop it. But just certainly, you know, we um, we were sort of a, a bit of a, a bit of a joke at the start as far as having uh, no real proper facilities. And, and we had some interesting uniforms as well when we travelled around the country every second week. So some decisions were made that probably in hindsight weren't the right ones, but what it did, it added to a bit of the flavour and the, uh, and the different... Uh, element of, uh, of Carnival that was it was a Sunday or a Saturday night on the Gold Coast. That's right. It's probably looked back on fondly now, the, some of those jumpers from back in the day. Uh, when you were a kid, Matty, was the dream to be a commentator at some point in the forefront of your mind or was your main ambition to be a player? Was that your sole focus as a kid? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Damien. I, mean, I was one of those kids that uh, that you know, just spent the whole time at home, uh, you know, kicking a balloon or kicking a footy or, or kicking something around the house and by myself and, and, and commentating the whole time. So I think it was sort of ingrained in me early that, I, that I'd like the sound of my own voice. That's probably what it is, isn't it, when you're a kid? Um, and, then, and, and then you sort of start to, you know, you get to, be, to more of a teenager and you start to play and, you, and you, you get the love of the actual game and the camaraderie you talk about with, with your teammates and you sort of forget that a bit. Um, and so it wasn't until I was about 19, I was playing uh, 18 or 19, it was my last year in um, at North Adelaide, I think, or something like that, or, you know, a couple of years after that. But um, remember Anthony, uh, Tony uh, Antrobus from uh, Essendon? Yeah. Yes. The, the angry ant. He won the yeah. He won the yeah. Well, we, we all had one of those. Uh, but he won the McGarry Medal at, at Adelaide, uh, and I was playing at North Adelaide in my first season or something. And and they had a big function for him. At, you know, two hundred fifty, three hundred people to 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 roast him after he won the uh, McGarry Medal. And and I turned up. I was the uh, the nominated player. And uh, the chairman of the club said, "Oh, we we might get you to host it tonight, Matty." And I said, "What? What do you mean?" He said, "We might get you to host it." And after a quick stiff drink, I got up and hosted it, and and sort of held my own on a on a table of sort of six or eight media personalities, and uh, I think it just gave me the confidence to to to, to think, well, maybe down the track, um, this might not be a bad gig as well. So I think by the time I got to about 25, 26, I was already hosting functions for Brisbane, uh, and it was sort of a a natural progression, at least moving to the media, whether I could be. Uh, move behind the binoculars as you're talking about. It remained to be seen yet, but I was certainly very comfortable um, on a microphone, for, for, for want of a better word, and it sort of just grew from there. We're speaking with Matty Campbell about his commentary career. Is it true your foray into commentary came about when you were in your hospital bed at the end of your career after an injury and you wrote a letter to Bruce McAvaney? Uh, it was during my career. Yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I got uh, I got polaxed against um, against Collingwood and uh, ended up in hospital. And uh, cut a long story short, uh, I was down to ten percent use of of my kidney. Uh, and then when I went looking for the other kidney, they couldn't find it because I, we found out on the night that I was only born with one. Um, wow. So just for a 
just for a couple of days, I was I was in hospital for eight days, and for a couple of days, it, it was pretty touch and go whether they'd saved that kidney. So as you do in those sort of times, you sort of uh, you reflect on where you're at and, and what uh, the future might hold. And there was a genuine chance that I couldn't play again, uh, which didn't happen, thank God. Uh, but also um, it made me think, okay, yeah, uh, if that is going to be the case, um, I'll pursue this sort of uh, situation to go uh, uh, to be a commentator. And I thought, well, why not um, send a letter to the best and ask the best? And Bruce being Bruce, the absolute gentleman of the year, got back to me and gave me a phone call, talked to a few things and gave me some great advice. And Bruce has done that to many people in broadcasting throughout his career, whether it be through uh, the, through the racing side of it or football or whatever. He's a very genuine and warm human being. He's generous with his time. You went back to Adelaide and worked with Channel 7 on some of their local programs there, and you were a yep. boundary rider alongside Neil Knuckles Curley. What was it like working with Knuckles down there? Yeah, look, he was a, just what you see is what you get with Knuckles. I mean, <laughs> we started, Channel 7 started with boundary riders and they put Knuckles in Adelaide and they put me in Brisbane the first year. We ended up going back to Adelaide working yeah. with Port Adelaide boys. But, and they put Dipper in Melbourne, as we all know. So you got Dipper and Knuckles who are just, uh, you know, their character's 24-7, these two boats. So uh, they, they, they never change. So Knuckles had firm opinions on everything. Uh, and uh, it was great fun to sort of work with him because... I love it or hate it. We we often took di- different opinions, uh, whether it was for a bit of television show or whether it was genuine. Um, it was always great to work with a great man, and he actually coached me. Um, I knew him pretty well because he coached me in uh, the um, the All Australian team when we went over to Ireland in '87. So yeah, we, I toured the Ireland and, and London with him for a month. So I knew him pretty well and, and knew how uh, how funny he could be uh, off camera. Do you remember the first game you called for Channel Seven and how nervous you were in the lead up? Well, actual fact, the first game I actually called was I was living in Adelaide and I was uh, to be boundary rider. Yeah. Uh, and I got a phone call about, I don't know, maybe four, only a couple of hours before I had to go, so let's say four in the afternoon. And they said, uh, someone's pulled out sick. Uh, so we're not going with the boundary rider. You're going upstairs uh, and you're going to call it without any preparation. You're just going to go up there and sit next to Dennis Committee and... Uh, and call it, and again, Dennis was uh, one of the great things about working with Channel 7 as a youngster, you know, when I say young, you're sort of early 30s, you just retired, is that you had the Bruce McEvaney's and the Dennis committee. So uh, Dennis said, don't worry about it. You'll be fine, mate. Do this, do this. And when I say that, do that. And and, uh, and got through it. You know, I didn't try to do too much. I just sort of did my basic bit and didn't, didn't stuff up. Um, and, but the scariest thing was... Um, you know, when you're a commentator, when there's two play-by-play commentators, the rules are that you sort of touch the arm so yeah. they know that they do take over. It's different at Fox when we, you know, you just have one play-by-play or ball-by-ball commentator. Yeah. Uh, and I went to, I was calling, had the binoculars up, and then went to touch Dennis, and he wasn't there. Huh. He'd just gone to the, gone to the toilet oh. during the game and hadn't told me. <laughs> uh, and I absolutely crapped myself. Absolutely panicked like there was no tomorrow. I thought, oh, no, where's he gone? He came back and he gave me a ride grin. He knew that uh, everything was going to be okay. But that was my actual first game behind the mic. And, and then later on, um, progressed to doing those Brisbane games that you were talking about and, and worked solely up in Brisbane for Channel 7 full-time, actually. So I worked in the news department and um, and, and uh, co-hosted a football show up there and, and, and sort of learned my skills off of uh, you know Sandy Roberts. Um, Jared Healy would, would do most of those sort of games up in Brisbane. So I learned my trade off Sandy. That's right. Yeah, Peter Landy and Drew Morford and Ian Robertson at that time. Yep. Must have been a great camaraderie. Yeah, funny guys. Drew Morford, may rest in peace. One of yeah. the funniest 
men you'll ever meet in your life. Just a, a legend bloke to work with. Always had something funny to say. Had a beer afterwards. Uh, yeah, uh, Robbo was good. Uh, Peter Landy, uh, so much experience. So as I said before, I was I was very lucky to work with uh, a lot of good guys and sort of um, gave, you know, taught me a lot, but also gave me a lot of confidence that I could hang out with the with the big wigs a little bit and, and not to feel uh, sort of daunted by the task of, of calling uh, for Channel Seven. We're speaking with Matty Campbell about his AFL commentary career. You saw Brisbane's full transition, essentially, from being yep. wooden spooners in 1998 to premiers in 2001 at a time when the Gabba really started to fill up with sellout crowds. Do you have any memorable games from that specific period of time up at the Gabba? Well, I think the, the day Acker kicked five um, and he was kicking, you know, the ones he was kicking from the boundary, um, he kicked uh, three... He kicked one from 50 metres out on the left on the boundary and he kicked two from on the boundary on the right, one from an impossible angle. And he was just kicking them from everywhere. He's an, an amazing player. And uh, I think that was the one that I thought, well, he just doesn't matter what he does. If he's taking a shot, it's going through. So, uh, And then there was the uh, the really tight game that Sean Hart and, and, and the beat Port Adelaide. Uh, you know, that was a, yeah. a, a tight decision as well. They had great com- uh, great uh, close games against Port Adelaide over those few years. A couple up together were huge and and then, of course, there was the finals. But no, no real particular game except maybe the Ackermanis thing. I thought, well, what, he, he sort of can do anything. And, I mean, I was, I was lucky to, to, to see a great football team. I mean, arguably, you, you don't like to compare that we've had the Geelongs and the Richmonds and the, and the Hawthorns and, and, and Brisbane of modern era. But, gee, they were good. They were great to watch. And you know, players like uh, Nigel Lappin, who, you know, probably doesn't get the credit that some of the others got. My God, he was a super player. Absolutely. So many champions in that lineup. We're speaking with yeah. Matty Campbell here on SEN about his commentary career. Just a few more before I let you go. At the end of that 2001 season where Brisbane had the breakthrough premiership, Channel 7 lost the rights and you ended up forming a key part of Fox Footy's inaugural coverage, a 24-7 football channel, and you stayed for the next 13 or 14 years. How many frequent fly miles did you pick up? Uh, you were a frequent traveller from memory all around the country. Yes, uh, when you're not, uh, I'd like to think, you know, uh, Alistair Lynch and I always talked about it. Uh, I was the captain of the C grade. Uh, don't get me wrong, I was very, very blessed to get the job and I was very lucky to work at Fox for so long. But when you're captain of the C grade, you don't get the big games at uh, the MCG. You're on a plane to Perth or you're on a plane to, to Brisbane or Darwin or Adelaide uh, every every Saturday. So, uh, yeah, locked up, locked up a lot of miles. Got a few frequent fly points out of it. Got a couple of trips overseas at the end of it. But it was, again, I was very lucky to, to be involved in something that was brand new and and it was full-time for a while and then it was just part-time after that. Uh, but uh, cutting-edge sort of stuff, being a 24-7 channel seems a long time ago now and it probably is. But, uh, gee, it was good fun to do. And, and, again, a different environment to working at Channel 7 because it was Fox. It had a different flavour, uh, a different culture. But again, I got to, to work with some some absolute stars of the game that are that are still working on there now, and you know, absolute living legends like Dunstall and Brereton and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was good fun. I mean, I actually got the job, and I had the job while I was still at Channel Seven and hadn't told anyone. <laughs> and uh, I, I was on the boundary with Paul Ruse on that first game that the Brisbane won the first uh, uh, premiership, and I, I walked straight out the ground and. Uh, interviewed Michael Voss as, as the first sort of interview after the after the siren. Yeah. Interviewed Vossy and then just chucked the microphone to the um, to the Channel Seven audio guy. Said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm done." And uh, they were trying to get me to do another interview, but I was pulling the earpiece out and I went and had about six cans. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, just uh, in terms of 
your style. You had a reputation for being very excitable and it was fantastic as a viewer and the listener as well as we heard in that intro. Was that ever a contrived thing at times or do you think you're always a naturally excitable person, not only just as a caller but as a person as well? Yeah, it's a good question. There was, uh, to be honest, there was probably a couple of games that we we, we sort of had to sort of get together and say this this isn't going that great. But I mean, when, when the heat of the moment, when there's a good goal, that's not contrived. But yeah. there, are, yeah, that that, that 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 is genuine because you're excited because they do something special. But there, I mean, yeah, we have to be honest. We had a couple of games on a Saturday night that might might have been somewhere, and, and uh, the crowd wasn't huge, and it was uh, it wasn't the the main game on a Saturday night. And, 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 you know, it might have been a blowout one side away. I mean, that's the hardest thing for a commentator, uh, whether it be special comments or whether it be play-by-play. Uh, when there's a blowout and, and there's no real excitement about the, the contest or real excitement about the result, uh, that's when you've got to be, be a little bit wary about um, uh, switching off. So you, you've got to make sure you switch on for the entire game. But, uh, no, I mean, most of the time, as I say, I was lucky enough to, to, to do all those Brisbane games uh, during that era of greatness when I was up there for a while. And... Um, they had a lot of bloody good highlights. Exactly right. Last two, you saw the expansion clubs a lot in their early days, particularly the Gold Coast Suns. Where do you see their progression going forward, given they're probably middle of the road at this point in time? Yeah, look, I don't follow as closely as I have. You know, in the last sort of three or four years, I haven't followed as closely. But it was nice to see some progression again this year. Uh, what concerns me about the, the expansion clubs is not so much the Gold Coast, it's it's GWS. Yes, they made the grand final last last year, but they just great to see a couple of them sign on for long term uh, contracts. But have they have they missed their window? Or have they got? I mean, they, can they keep all their players together under the salary cap? And you know, is that going to be a sort of situation? Because there's no doubt with their early draft picks, they had the most talent. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that they haven't missed the window and. Uh, and they can keep that group together. The Gold Coast looks like Stuart Hughes doing a good job, and, and they, there were some really positive signs with some of their youngsters this year. So that's the key, isn't it? Whether, whether you're Gold Coast or whether you're you know, North Melbourne, who obviously going to have their, their list at the moment as they're doing, you've got to find some talent and keep them together and get them to play 75, 100 games together, mm. like Brisbane did and like uh, Hawthorne did, and then you've got some, a, a chance of success. Got some text messages coming through. Matty Pete says, love hearing Matty Campbell on the radio. He was a fantastic caller. Michael says, I hope Matt is enjoying working and racing. Just on that, what was behind your decision to leave the footy calling gig? Was it a desire to try something new? And is it something you would ever revisit again, maybe down the track, calling the footy? You never say never, but it was a serious, only a question of, um, one, I'm a little bit sick of the travel. Uh, <laughs> and I promised my uh, son, who's now nine, I promised him when he's five and started playing um, uh, Auskick that I would be there for his Auskick and his under eights and under nines, that I wouldn't be on a plane in Perth or something like that. Um, so it was a decision that I made fairly clearly uh, as a family decision. And, and probably only sort of 10 or 12 games into the season, you go, you know what, I don't miss it as much as I thought. So um, I don't, certainly don't miss jumping on a plane and I haven't missed any footy. I've seen him play all his footy. So... Um, uh, yeah, that was the main decision. And racing was always in my blood. Anyone that knows me uh, knew that I grew up on a racetrack in Adelaide. Uh, first job was selling race books, been a bookies clerk and, and all that sort of thing. And uh, my, my only great skill in life is, is numbers and maths. So uh, that was always a natural progression to, to get involved in that side of things. So I've enjoyed being a part of uh, the racing side of it. Although, you know, uh, 
you know, bet easy that was my last employer. Finished up, I finished up on Friday, so yeah. uh, with the merger with Sportsbet. So uh, as of uh, this Friday, I think I'm unemployed. So who knows? I might be back in footy. I might need a job. Oh, there you go. We'll put the job ad out there because you're a fantastic caller, Matty. Uh, really appreciate your time. It was great reminiscing about the Brisbane Lions days in particular. That was a big part of my childhood, listening to you and Sandy up there on a Sunday afternoon with some of those great matches. All the best for the future, and thanks again for your time. Uh, thank you for uh, for calling me and, and letting me chat. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And- G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Enjoy it immensely. Thanks, Dan. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.